This is Alan. This is Brandon. And welcome to D6 Minutes, the short miniatures gaming podcast where we roll the dice and talk for as long as the dice rolls. All right, you're on with the dice? Yeah, I got the dice. Sweet. All right, how about I go first because the topic is sort of related to dice. So, you know how with a lot of games, they include extras these days. And one of those extras I've frequently seen is those dice trays that sort of fold flat. And then when you want to use them, you fold up and kind of button them together. Okay. What are your What are your opinions on those, yay or nay? Okay. One minute. Great. I have no opinions. I've never really used them. So I'm going to say yay. Sure, I'd try them. You would try them. Yeah, I've never used them before. Okay. They, they seem to make sense. You button them up and you throw them in a dice tray. Sure, why not? Mm-hmm. I'm kind of disliking of them because they often have sort of sloped edges where I see a lot of people end up cocking the dice on them just because really they yeah, cock the, dice what is that the, that's terrible edges, just when they fold up the edges they're often not quite even so you can roll a dice in them and the edges will often just get the dice cocked and they just seem really low quality as well mm-hmm. so I'm I'm disliking them that's fair so you can have really nice dice trays out there, and these just aren't nice. They're an, they're an so some way to have a dice tray that like folds into a box would be better, is what you're saying? Maybe. Fair enough. All right. Nay. Sucks. Mm-hmm. Well, you changed my mind. Well, I still want to try it out, so actually, no. All right. So that was like one minute, right? Yep. All right. So next question. Uh, do you think neutral or mercenaries are good or bad for the average miniatures game? Ooh, let's see what we roll. Three minutes. All right. I don't have a huge opinion on this. So I think they're good. The, the one reason they could be good is that you often have a limit on the SKUs that we talk about in a lot of podcasts. Uh-huh. So if you want to have options to give factions that these neutral guys would be good. But I think if you give them to every single faction, it starts ruining the fluff of the game. But just from the perspective that you cut down on the number of models mm-hmm. that you can allow them to fill different roles without having to increase the skew, I like the idea for. So like instead of it's having awesome. it for everyone, saying kind of like in War Machine and Hordes, where this this guy is only allowed for like a subset of the factions. They almost share couple of units is what you're saying yeah i think sharing is fine but being universal starts to ruin the- especially when they're really strong and everyone takes them you all you start seeing the same kind of list going through yeah that could get really bad for the game to see the same unit on every game every table mm-hmm. okay yeah i i do like the idea of a uh a- a mercenary that can be seen in more than one it kind of adds it in some ways it also adds a, a little bit more uh, flavor in terms of I don't really call it realism, but like co- it makes it feel more like the world is, is is not just a game, right? That there are some people that would be willing to go, you know, to a bunch of different factions as opposed to specific defined things. So in slight, very, very slight moderation, I think they're good. But I feel like a lot of games, especially when they feel like they got to keep on release them, I think it, it, it quickly gets... Uh, overdone and and starts hurting the game so i'd say overall 
Overall, I'd say in moderation, good, but definitely don't overdo it. Yeah, and I feel do... feel like they often overdo it. Like once you get big enough that the mercenaries or or, or neutral units can be their own faction, I think that's too much. Yeah, when it looks like it's being driven by sales, just so they can sell like one-off models and just uh-huh. mercenaries, then you're like, oh, they're just they're just <laughs> models. They're not. But in some ways, maybe it's good for the game when you can when you can release it as a special product. Like you buy this whatever new rule book, and you get a special model that can be used by everyone, right? Like in Infinity, hey, that's if it works, it works, right? And it helps drive sales. Maybe it's overall good for the game. Yeah, I think Infinity takes it too far with some of the models, but for the most part, it gets it right. All right. All right. Okay. I've got one more down the painting okay. road because I often go down, down that direction. So lately I've been painting a whole bunch of scatter terrain for fantasy. And with fantasy, a lot of the materials are natural. So I ended up painting a lot of wood. I'm just wondering if you've got tips for painting wood fast. Four minutes. So I've got one more after this one. Uh, tips for painting wood fast. So you've got a fair amount of fantasy terrain as well, which you've painted like uh, yeah, and all that. Uh, do I really, I don't really have any tips besides the like use a lighter color. Just start right? with this a paint. Um, so I so, I always use like leather, yeah, lighter wood. Then I I use like a really light color, like a a yellow, like a German yellow or something like that, to make it to do like the, you know, the striations, right? To, to punch it up one level. So and then I just wash everything with uh... So you're saying you dry brush first and then wash second? You give it sort of a, a light tone? To I give the it. texture, right? The wood grain with like a light, light colors. So, so I, start I, I paint it, I paint it like, like mm-hmm. leather, which is a light brown. Yep. Then I go with, the really bright colors to do wood grain if I need to, right? Or, or highlights. Then I wash everything. Interesting. So you wash last. Okay. So yep. the technique I took up for doing the terrain, which was it has a lot of texture to it, the magic terrain I bought and just did. So it lends itself really easily to dry, to dry brushing. But because mm-hmm. I wanted to do a bunch of different colors of wood next to each other, just because if you paint all your wood one color, in reality, your, your terrain... I'm calling it terrain, but in reality, if you've got like wood objects, your barrels, your tables, whatever else, they're probably made at different times from different wood. So you don't want them all to be the same color, but you still want to do this fast. So I started out with like a very light tannish color mm-hmm. as the base and then started washing the different types of wood, different colors, like wash some mm-hmm. with a bit of color with a bit of orange to it, wash something that's a bit more mm-hmm. like reddish brown. And then yep. left some of it unwashed so that now you've got a couple different types of wood going on and then did like an umberish wash kind of like with the, with an army painter strong tone mixed, mixed with a bit of umber, just because when mm-hmm. you use the army painter as a base that found from painting quickly, it's just good as a wash. You can probably use it by itself. Just use a dark like umber wash then just mm-hmm. put that on all of the wood. Did you wait, use, I use light tone a lot. I used strong tone with a bit of mm-hmm. umber 
but it was very sparing. Like I didn't do a thick wash. It's very thin mm -hmm. just to get like the lines of the wood done and, the, mm -hmm. and just give it a bit of tone changes. So like basically it's doing two washes, one that's a bit thicker to give it different colors, two that's mm -hmm. actually got all the lines. And then I always usually dry brush at the end, which. Okay. Yeah, I just generally just pick out the, the highlights at the end. I don't even dry brush at the end. Okay, I find I always dry brush at the end. Interesting. I feel like, well, yeah, that's that's just basically how I do it for, in general for wood. Mm -hmm. uh, I'll use, I'll often in terms of uh, a wash, I'll use a charred brown. I actually do multiple levels of wash. So Yeah, so I guess the same thing, like using multiple levels of wash seems to be yeah. To get but I do the texture first and then I try to mm. use the multiple levels of wash. Interesting. Okay. Yep. All right. That is that. The last topic. It's mm. up to me, right? Yep. Or did you have another one? No. Okay. Let's see which one of these questions. All right. <laughs> this is a very, very specific question, but I've been thinking about it for a while. Uh oh. Okay. I hopefully it's not super long. Uh. So you know how we 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 talked uh, earlier or uh, previously about how like people think they could beat up chimpanzees, but actually chimpanzees are super strong, right? Yeah. And you know how when you see dwarves, often they're just like. That their arms do not look big and strong enough. So what do you think about what if dwarves or possibly orcs uh, were not necessarily as tall as humans, but they had the arms the size of an orangutan's arm? Do you think that would be a cool aesthetic for that type of thing to be, you know, to make dwarves actually look super tough if their arms are as big as tree trunks kind of thing? <laughs> or would that just look ridiculous? Three minutes. Perfect. Okay, so I think because of our last podcast topic was talking about demons, I'm worried that warped features like that would then turn them into looking like not human enough. You'd be worried there was some sort of other creature. Orcs? Orcs I can see doing it for, but their arms are already... I think their arms being proportional to the bodies is fine, but I feel like orcs just need giant heads. But... I get the impression that just like dwarves should be really stout, but like buff armed people. I feel like with the whole stout aesthetic, they shouldn't have long arms. They should just have like small, really like tough, big forearmed dudes. I don't think. Yeah. Dude. But then like, I feel like the, uh, I don't know, to me, if, if there's a guy that is that short, right. If they don't have arms, the size of tree trunks, they're not going to be as tough or whatever as, as the aesthetic or the idea of a dwarf is right. Whereas we, you, you're right that you don't necessarily have to have them as long, but I mean like as wide, like maybe they have shorter arms and they don't go all the way down to the, their legs, mm -hmm. but if they're light, they're bigger, but also their arms are like huge, right? Oh, like wow. an orangutan's like wide as an orangutan's arm. Right. You look at orangutan's arm; they're like they're like legs, right? Mm -hmm. But they don't. But you don't have to make them as you know long as orangutan's le legs, shorter, but that 
like big and it's not like jacked right it doesn't look like they've just been working out it looks like they're supposed to be that wide right mm-hmm. it's like your leg right you you look at a leg it just looks large right yeah. and not jacked yeah I would agree. to me fine. i feel like a dwarf if you just have their arms like that large mm-hmm. that would that to me could explain why they're supposed to be you know, so tough and whatever, hardy, even though they're so much shorter. And it would also make them look like possibly even stronger and more tough than humans, right? Just like you would think of, like when you see an orangutan, which is technically shorter than a human, but they're just squares. Yeah, I'm thinking they should be like wrestler arms because wrestlers aren't known for being like super defined, but their arms are just like huge. Yeah, but they're muscular, right? It's different. It's a different look. Which mm-hmm. means that they're it looks like they're bigger on top of whatever their basic frame is, right? A muscular frame, whereas an orangutan looks like the frame is supposed to be a square. Yeah, you don't expect them to be like buff. Because a dwarf, you expect they're gonna be a little chubby. They don't have like a tapered waist, they have a bit of a belly. Mm-hmm. They're when they're square shaped, so their arms should also be kind of like just thick. That's how they usually yeah. they usually see them. Well, I, no, they often make them muscular just because that's a thing that all the game makers do is just make all the dudes super buff. Yeah. They don't, I just feel like their arms should be bigger relative. Like, you know how you know how they often make the hands, you know, and head too big? Why don't they also make the entire arm just like a trunk? So instead of like the hand being really big relative to the arm, the, the forearm should be as wide as the arm, right? That's, that's what makes these, you know, orangutans look so big. It's like your forearm is like you know like a trunk like a tree it's just straight instead of like our our hands which you know our hands are bigger it's just straight it's just a straight like i don't know parallel line right it's just a big thick thing it's more like a leg yeah as you said yep mm-hmm. i don't know that's my thought anyways dwarves more intimidating. Are usually so you don't even notice yep so i guess you disagree but that's my thought mm-hmm all right, so that has been this uh, D6 Minutes. All right, cool. If you have topic ideas, you know, you can find us online at, or you can email us at contact at diceovereverything.com. Or you can find us on uh, Facebook at Dice Over Everything Group. Or go to our website, and we have all, a whole bunch of information there to, to go and uh, find us. Uh, this has been Alan. It's been Brandon. Bye.